On this 47th episode of Goat Gab, Cameron and I are joined by special guest Don Strawbridge, the 2019-2021 Aggie Youth Representative. Don gives us the scoop on what his past two years have been like and why other dairy goat youth should consider stepping up their involvement in Aggie. We're glad you're joining us. Welcome, Goat Gabbers, to another exciting rendition of Goat Gab. As always, I am Cameron. And I'm Laura, and we are so excited to be here as always. And this week, we are welcomed. We are welcoming um, our special guest, the 2020-2021 AGA Youth Representative, Don Strawbridge. So welcome, Don. Uh, hello. I, a small correction, I am the 2019-2021 to AGA Youth Representative. Um, Thank you for correcting that. Oh, that's that's uh, it's been two years now, and I am uh, I have appreciated my time, but I am probably ready to step down. It's, I've written a lot of newsletters. <laughs> so, Don, would you say that you're probably potentially one of the longest tenured Adga youth reps? Uh, that's probably what I would assume. Uh, I didn't really imagine I would be, but, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all some sort of master plan on my part, but I, I haven't heard of another situation like this. I hope we never do. I hope, I hope you're, I hope that, uh, you will hold this, um, longest tenured Adga youth rep title, um, for the rest of history, because I don't want to go through another another pandemic like what we've had. I think I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Don. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your history in goats, um, and your upbringing in the dairy goat community. So uh, one thing I think that's a little bit. So I my name is Don Strawbridge. I'm 17, almost 18. And I've been raising goats since 2012. And um, there's the story I tell everyone is that my mother gave me a book on livestock when I turned nine years old and figured I would and let me read it and uh, let me pick out which animal I wanted to raise. And because of where I'm located, which is in Maine, a lot of people around here do uh, dairy cattle and sheep. And so she figured it would end up being one of those two. But uh, instead, I fell in love with the goats and reading about them and how adventurous they are. And I decided for myself that um, I wanted to raise goats. And uh, as it happens, I live right down the road from Sunflower Farm, the uh, internet-famous Nigerian dwarf uh, farm. And so we visited there the that spring, and I brought home two goats, and um, it's only grown larger from there. Uh, and then, so then I started a 4-H club. Uh, well, really, it was my mother started a 4-H club, and I was one of the first members. And uh, it was the first goat 4-H activity that has happened in Cumberland County in anyone's recent memory. Um, I think I heard one farmer say it's the first time in like a hundred years. And so 
I really uh, charted out at it alone uh, with my family, and uh, we didn't have a lot of prior involvement in dairy goats. And then uh, I started uh, showing in 4-H, first at just the local fair, and slowly started going to all these other shows around Maine. Um, and in 2015, I, my, I, my back started getting a little bit sore after each show, and I was growing taller, and so I figured I needed a full-size goat. And that's when I um, moved up to Lamachas. I got two Lamachas. I really fell in love with her personality and their um, temperament, and uh, I haven't looked back since. So do you still have Nigerians too, then? Uh, no, I do not still have Nigerians. I sold all of them a couple of years ago. Well, um, that makes sense to me, Don, because I know after showing Nigerians at the national show, my back hurt a lot. I think that I've heard that before from other kids, from other youth too, you know, that, that, um, start out with the Nigerians and they're, they love them to pieces, but the reality of getting taller and, and bending over makes it a little more challenging as, as you mature. So that makes sense to me. It was also somewhat a, um, I, a lot of people told me, which kind of, I guess impressed me when I heard it for the first time and, Oh, that, why didn't I think of that? That's really obvious. Was that, um, in showmanship, if you're showing a smaller goat and you're really big, it kind of takes away from your performance a little bit and it doesn't look as smooth. And so the first time I heard that, um, I, I switched from my old Nigerian who I had been using in showmanship before to a Lamacha and never really looked back there. And that was when I made the conscious decision that I was going to sell all my Nigerians and really focus on the Lamachas full time. Makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And it's coming from a judge's perspective here. It's more of a, a depth perception thing. Um, and, and I do why understand why some people make that comment. However, on the flip side, being the devil's advocate, some people may, that might be the only goat they have. So I try not to talk about that oftentimes uh, as a judge, because I never know. But I, I do understand why someone would make that comment about uh, a Nigerian dwarf with a very tall person. Um, but nonetheless, Don, is there anything that's happening on your farm right now? Uh, maybe uh, breeding seasons on the horizon for you in Maine? Or do you have any shows left at all this year? Uh, I've got a couple of shows left. I think there was a show today that I decided not to go to, but uh, we go we go into October usually. Um, breeding season is around the corner. I'm trying to really stay on top of it this year and get everyone bred so that we don't have what we had last year, which was goats being born every two months from February to June. That was that was a long kidding season, and um, but I guess the main event for August we just got appraised um, on Friday, and so yay! How exciting! Everyone's excited about the scores from that. Did you learn anything from that appraisal session? Oh yeah, I learned a lot of things. Um, the appraisers are always uh, they never disappoint. I feel. Um, and uh, 
we we brought a bunch of the local 4h over 4hers over to watch and to try and learn as much as they could um and even though we didn't have a huge stop but we are right off the interstate so it was pretty easy for them to do um and yeah everyone got pretty good scores i'm looking forward to comparing them to previous years and everything so have you so you've been you've been appraised multiple years than before so this wasn't your first time this is our third appraisal yeah that's awesome well good i'm glad to hear that that's so exciting when uh People I know get get to have an appraisal done. That's just fantastic. I'm I'm glad glad for all the herds that are able to have that done. Yes, absolutely yeah. there. And I know the a lot of appraisers have been on the road. I think I just saw on Facebook today that um, there's been herds. It looks like in New England that are being praised in the Virginia North Carolina areas that are being praised. Uh, my herd got done actually. Um, this week as well. And then I saw there was a trip out West. It looked like as well. So the appraisers have been very busy. Yeah. They're really, uh, they're going all over the place in August, it seems. Well, and I, you know, am very thankful that we have appraisers who are able to do that because I know that most of them are trying to fit appraisal trips around full-time jobs or their own farm needs and, and it's state fair time for a lot of places and, and so forth. Now, Don, when you said jumping back to what you had said about um, show some shows left, are most of those state fairs, or are they uh, county fairs, or are they private club shows? New England is a little bit different in the way that we do all our shows. Um, the vast majority happen at county fairs. New Eng- uh, Maine alone has, I think, like between fifteen and twenty county fairs or local fairs, which is. Uh, funny because we only have 16 counties but um so and we don't really have a lot of those big uh just aga shows without any fair attached and we also don't have any official state fair there are kind of three state fairs um there's the freiburg fair which is the biggest but isn't actually a state fair there's the Bangor State Fair, which unfortunately this year decided not to include agriculture in their fair, uh, which was kind of a disappointment. And then there's the Skowhegan State Fair, which is near Augusta, which um, decided to drop the goat show a couple of years ago. Ago. Yuck. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. And I know that Freiburg Fair is kind of a legendary fair to judge. Um, for goats because it's just rich in history and tradition and i know it's one that many judges um would like to add to their list it's a very it's a very large fair everyone in maine says well you haven't really showed until you've showed at freiburg and um, i was able to show at freiburg a couple of years ago it's kind of hard to enter if you're just getting into it um but it is, it is certainly a large fair and it's spectacle and it's really fun. So when you say it's hard to get into, is that because um, entries are limited or um, it's a short entry time or? It's one of those fairs that doesn't advertise itself a lot. Or um, so if you haven't been sending in your entries for the past 50 years, then the pe- old uh, people at the office aren't really looking for you. Um, but we, we managed to break through. 
kind of one of those, as the kids always say, if you know, you know, type deals. Yeah. And that's, that's a little bit of my outsider's perspective. Uh, as I said earlier, it was really uh, me pulling the rest of my family headfirst into the goat world, um, which I really take pride in the fact that this is my operation and uh, really my idea. And I, I do most, if not, well, I don't do all the work. My sister is going to kill me if she hears this. Uh, she is a worthy worthy partner, I guess, um, in my operation. She well, raises Oberhostleys. Gotcha. Well, thinking about our operations, Laura, what's happening on your farm today? You know, it's it was nice nice to not have a show this weekend, and kind of nice to be thinking about wrapping up show season around here. Um, Trimmed a whole bunch of hooves, so I have a lovely blister on one of my fingers. <laughs> Gave copper boluses. Um, the fun thing today, or I thought it was fun, I um, nabbed all my daughters and we all sat down at the table with the spreadsheet in hand of all of the bucks that we have in the tank and all of the does that we have to get bred and made made the final the final final of our breeding plan. So we had them kind of finalized before, but you know, this is, this is the kind of set in stone. So um, it's really cool to sit down with your adult daughters and, and just basically say, okay, who do you want to breed them to? And surprisingly, um, and I don't mean this surprisingly meaning that my daughters are awful people to work with. They're not, but uh, they all have their own ideas of what they want to do and what is right. And, and I'm, proud to have raised three strong-minded women so that I don't have a problem with that. But um, as you can imagine, sometimes that causes some consternation when you try to sit down and come to a consensus. And uh, we didn't have any wailing or gnashing of teeth today. So that was a good thing. So that, that's um, good. I'm glad there is peace uh, in the uh, Warren Hughes house. <laughs> Very much so. So um, the only thing that, that caused a little bit of discussion um, was my perspective that I loved having everybody kid in about a three week window. And um, it was interesting to hear the perspective of some other daughters who didn't feel quite so warm and fuzzy about that idea of doing it again and why they felt that way. So uh, we're going to compromise on that too, but it's, it's always fun when you don't have to take all the responsibility for making the decisions anymore. And um, the young adults who are breeding with you have good ideas on that too. So. Well, it's interesting you use the word compromise because I felt like I had a compromise too with, with my dad on the operation as well was uh, we bred some goats this week and uh, I think we said we were going to – I asked – I said breed about five and so we bred seven. So that was the <laughs> compromise. Um, so we're going to have, if they all settle, fingers crossed, seven January kids, which – is interesting and i'll leave it at that period don is that something that you guys watch out for up there in maine because i always think about maine winters as being probably pretty brutal so do you try not to breed for early kids or um how, how do you kind of think about that we uh my family especially we're pretty careful about breeding uh so that they'll be having kids in january 
or December. Um, it kind of is always a decision where, well, they'll be really big and look really nice for that spring show I was talking about, but they also could, you know, be frostbitten when we get out there. And there are a couple of times you'll see goats throughout the year have frostbitten ears, um, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, of course, not on my herd, but not the ears at least. But <laughs> um, yeah, we do watch out for breeding in January. Plus, it's really hard on us. It's, you know, when it's negative 10 outside, and of course, that's the night all the kids are going to go. It can be kind of miserable standing over a goat who's having any trouble kidding. So we usually aim for like February or March. Gotcha. At the, at the least. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So totally Cameron, sense, Cameron you yes. just got done judging another show. Yes, I did. I judged in Wisconsin, the central Wisconsin state fair. Um, great time. Um, great people there. They helped me pull my car out of the mud, which was wonderful. Um, so I'm thankful for that and thankful for the cheese curds as well. When this podcast drops, uh, I will be in the middle of judging the Nebraska state fair. Um, and then when we release or probably go to record our next one, I will be done judging the Ducoin state fair. So, uh, three shows over a 10 day period. Yeah. That's, that's keeping you out of trouble. Uh, yes. One could say that here right now. So, um, thankful for the opportunities to judge. Even got a new outfit for the Nebraska State Fair um, because suddenly all of my shirts don't fit. I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. So do we dare ask, Cameron, how did your car get stuck in the mud? I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I No, because it, it's my fault and I own that. So... Um, I basically went somewhere I wasn't supposed to. So uh-huh. the, fi- the, the, the fine people of the uh, of the show pulled me out after I was done judging. So, oh gosh, bless your heart. That's miserable. Bless, the, bless their hearts. Also, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh man. Well, Laura, is there uh, anything happening in the world of Adga now? I don't. I don't think so. Um. <laughs> If you haven't seen that letter that came out um, from um, our executive director, Lance, that's extending the use of stamped duplicates from the end of September, which is most of them said they are good until now it's extending it till the end of December. So I hope that that helps people who are worried about those late fall shows feel a little bit better about it. I feel better about it. Don, yeah. have you not got a lot of your goats registered? Uh, there's just one uh, who just says a duplicate or papers haven't come in yet, but I'm all set for the rest of the year because of that um, letter now. Yeah, I think I think we're all very hopefully optimistic. How's that for a word? That by the by the time January one rolls around, Adga will be sailing smoothly and we'll get to see all the really cool positive features about NG rather than just grumbling about NG. So I I hope that we see that. Well, Laura, working in the tech field, I will tell you there will always be grumblings, whether they are good or bad. 
<laughs> so there will always be some grumblings and and but as we continue to progress and and, and navigate uh, the difficulties that NG has, we remain hopeful. That is my nicest way to put that. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Don, are you ready to talk about Aggie Youth Programs and your experience? I'm always ready. Um, awesome. I love talking about Aggie Youth. I love everything about Aggie Youth, even the other youth. <laughs> um, you know, that was one thing that I absolutely loved watching. Well, this year and then, of course, back in um 2019 or 2018 which was the last national show that I got to go to before this one um it just seemed like that the youth had a great time together i mean not just not just were together a little bit but sought each other out and had a good time and i know that that my daughter caroline like she still keeps in touch through messenger or whatever platform she's on with her national show friends. I mean, it's just, it's so cool to see that continuing on. That's, that's something that really surprised me and also made me want to do so much more with AGA. Um, the first AGA like annual event I attended was the Atlanta convention in, I guess I was 17. It was, um, it happened the first day was on my 14th birthday. And so I was kind of, you know, I wasn't that old. Um, I felt like the new kid at school a little bit, all of these uh, teens and young adults and actual adults were participating in like a classroom setting with me, which was a little bit weird, but everyone uh, welcomed me and was friendly and it was a really good experience there. And I did, I did what I could to keep in contact with the friends I made there. And I am still in contact with all of them. From my days as an Adga youth, um, and I exclusively only have a national show experience, but I, you know, it's fun to see those people grow up. It's fun. And Don, you're going to look back in 10 years now, man, I'm dating myself. And uh, you're going to look back and say, wow, it's it's fun to see those people have kids now and, and their kids getting into goats. And then there are our friends getting married and going to their wedding ceremonies and, and then inviting them to ours and interacting with them at, at shows when you can and reminiscing on the good old days um, when you were an Adga youth. So it's, it's a fun time, Don. And, and I encourage you to continue to stay connected with those people uh, and all that good use. That's, that is definitely something I am both looking forward to and can't wait to do. Um, and certainly want to do it is the, uh, there's just something maybe, it, maybe it's the fact that not a lot of people in like my high school share the interests that I do. But being able to instantly talk to these people about uh, something you really know a lot about and connect over that is so much fun to experience and to have happen. And it makes making friends super easy. Um, and I'm not always the most social person. Aga, these Aga youth events have actually helped me a lot with knowing how to talk to people. So it's it really is... I I owe a lot of 
gratitude towards Agga youth. Yes. So what specific things have you kind of learned in addition to kind of the public speaking skills and the ability to make lifelong friends? What specific things have you been able to get out of the Agga youth program as you've attended these conventions? I love the conventions um, uh, even more than the national show because I don't have to stress about whether or not my goats are going to make enough milk or how well they're fitted. I could just focus on learning and talking to people. And so uh, when it comes to specifics, um, at uh, I don't remember a ton from my first convention, but uh, in Minneapolis, which was my second one, which was in 18, um, I remember learning about uh, a lot of stuff to do with like the goat's stomach, which isn't something, and nutrition, which isn't something I had looked a whole lot into before. And uh, But really the main thing I've learned from the conventions is just information about AGA and how the organization works and... Um, the way that as a community and as an organization, we run things. Uh, that's something that's really cool to me. I had kind of just assumed living up in Maine that everyone had all these county fairs they could go to. So when I showed up at these conventions and all the youth were like, wait, you go to how many shows a year? Um, it, it made me, uh, it was an interesting to see a different uh, perspective on everything. That's really cool. So the kids that you hang out with at convention, um, are those part of the ones that you look for opportunities to get together again, like maybe at the next national show or the next convention and make plans each time for what you're going to do? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, it's already started this year. As soon as the national show was over, everyone was messaging each other. Are you going to be in Arizona? You know, what days are you arriving? We should try and do something. Um, and that's something I love doing too, is planning uh, to do stuff uh, and being able to see each other outside of, um, you know, the, the classroom settings. Um, I could tell a hundred different stories about all the activities I've done with them um, outside of youth events. Uh, I, one person I met in Minneapolis, a very good friend of mine, uh, she ended up going to the 4-H National Congress, which was in Atlanta, um, a year after I met her in Minneapolis. And uh, I, I went to that as well, and we hung out with each other in Atlanta for the, pretty much that entire time uh, and didn't even really talk about goats that much. But being able to have her as a friend there was pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely there. So what have you done specifically as Aggie Youth Rep to kind of encourage others either to succeed in ADGA or inform um, people about ADGA youth programs? Uh, I've done a lot of things. I've certainly had plenty of time to do a lot of things. The uh, When everything shut down and we learned that... Um, we learned that there would be no national show, and then again, there would be no convention uh, last year. I organized some meetings with all my friends I had. I tried to find as many people 
as I could to invite them into these Zoom meetings and just kind of talk about what was going on at the farm and provide some sliver of uh, the type of conversations we would have at convention and being able to catch up with people. And, you know, organizing a meeting with uh, 50 different people is difficult, but we, we had a good amount of people join us um, that spring, and I'm happy I made the effort. And uh, if, you know, people wanted to reach out to me and ask me to do it again, I'd agree in a heartbeat. Uh, I've also, I've given a lot of demonstrations or, uh, I guess, lectures, although I hate to think that of myself, um, to 4-H clubs around New England, um, if I've been invited, or my own club has certainly certainly heard me go on and on about how great these AGA events are and how you should totally attend them. Um and I am bringing, I think, two 4-Hers with me to Tucson um, to let them experience uh, that convention. And I believe one of them is running for youth rep. Um, awesome. I encourage everyone who's old enough to run for youth rep. Um, it's really, it seems scary. Yeah, I guess it is a little scary. But it's not, I haven't heard anyone regret doing it. Um, even if they didn't win. Very good. Uh, it's it's a really good experience. So, um, again, looking over this year, um, talk us through a little bit about your first convention experience. Like, when you, um, was there a, a youth session that stood out really in your mind or maybe somebody that you met for the first time that that was like one of those, oh my gosh, I just met so-and-so. Um, anything like that, 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 um, really stands out in your memories? Um, let's see. My first convention was in Atlanta. Um, I did the youth events and the very first event we did was, there are two things. The very first thing we did was an icebreaker game called, uh, honey, if you love me, give me a smile where you have to, they made everyone stand in a circle and the person in the middle would go up to people and say, uh, honey, if you love me, give me a smile. And if you smiled, you had to go in the middle. And it was very awkward, but also very funny. Um, and I remember uh, I ended up getting in the middle and I was so sure of myself that I was going to get Nora, who's my sister, in the middle, and she, her face didn't move a muscle when I told <laughs> her to that. I was so angry um, that she had managed to embarrass me, I guess. It's all, it's all in good fun. And the second thing was um, there was a uh, pizza party that night, a sponsored um uh, like pizza party for all the youth and when they read out the name of the sponsor it was uh the cassette family and i i know the cassette family and i kind of had never you know i helped show phil's goats i think it was just a month ago and it, i had never really that was kind of my first idea that wow everyone is involved here um 
sort of opened my world a little bit. I know that guy. And then I told everyone I knew him, and everyone looked at me strangely, but I was 14. <laughs> it was... <laughs> but in your defense, I think it's important to say, hey, you know, these people that you're helping at goat shows, or maybe you're just, you're you're seeing them at goat shows, or you're talking to them, they might be involved in the association, and they're not as scary as what they might be. You know, I remember when I was younger, and you would say the word, an ad good director, and I would think, oh my God, it's this very important, scary person. But then when I would talk to a said Adga director, maybe Phil Cassette, maybe Tom Considine back in the day, you know, I, I wouldn't be as nervous because they're just normal people that put their, their pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. That was that was also something I kind of experienced. Um for me, I met all of the directors in my district before I even knew what a director was. And, you know, so I knew I knew um, Cliff and Tom and Phil uh, long before I knew about kind of the rest of the way Aga worked. And when I learned they were directors, I was surprised. And I'm like, oh, well, they're not that scary. You know, <laughs> everyone else... You know, it was a great way to build up confidence for talking to these people. Uh, the other thing I remember, I think it was the Minneapolis convention, where I sat down and talked to Judy Hoy, and I had no idea who she was until my mom told me at the end of the conversation. I'm not the most observant person. Um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I love her goat so much, you know. That's that was kind of cool. I will tell you what, if if you've never had an experience with Judy Hoy, it, uh, it can be quite a treat. Um, a little intimidating at first, but I really like talking to Judy. So um, I I totally understand and get where you're coming from there. I've also heard a lot of other youth say um, that their favorite part of convention is like looking around and going. Uh, I think it was Emma said, I don't remember who the breeder was, but she like had a starstruck celebrity moment over an alpine breeder that she saw in the hallway of the hotel. And I kind of made fun of her a little bit for that until she got me back by when I did the exact same thing for someone else later in the day. Um, so being able to see all these people and having the opportunities to talk to them is uh, really a, a a great part about convention and the national show. Well, that, that brings up national show. Talk about your experience at the national show. What was your kind of your expectation going in and did it meet that expectation? Uh, well, I would say it far exceeded my expectation. Um, my, I was a little bit apprehensive for the national show. I thought it would be, I, it was not my first national show. I went to Columbus, and then I did youth events in Redmond in 2019. And Columbus was a big show, and I I was there showing, helping my sister show Nigerians at two o'clock in the morning, and um, watching the poor youth reps that year look so dead tired. And I was a little bit apprehensive for that, but. Um, I had so much fun at the national show. It was really, uh, it was worth every penny, I guess, is the expression. 
Um, the main thing was uh, that Emma and I were worried about was if we would break any awards, and we managed to go the whole week without breaking a single thing, uh, which is something we're very proud of. Oh, you mean like dropping like some of the pottery or something like that? Yes, I was so worried. I'm not the most, I'm a pretty clumsy person, but, and then uh, just sitting ringside and listening to the judges talk about their method was super cool. Um, it really was so much fun. Every youth rep, and I grew a little bit tired of hearing it when I was at convention, but every youth rep in their speech at the end of uh, the youth banquet says, that being the youth rep is like having the best seat in the house. And uh, as much as I hate to admit it, I absolutely have to agree. It is the best seat in the house. It really is um, the best way to experience the national show, I feel. So as you were handing out all of those amazing awards to these beautiful animals, is there is there one national champion or one situation um, – or one class that just really stands out in your mind is, Oh my gosh, that was so cool to give that award. Um, well, there is this, uh, kind of a funny situation. So Emma and I worked together for most of the show, but, uh, I was selfish and I brought goats. And so I had to show some lamachas during the, uh, what was that? Was that Wednesday? It was a senior show, whatever day it was. They all run together. Um, <laughs> excuse <laughs> yes. me. I had to show Lamachas, and so I was changed into whites and showing uh, my two three-year-olds, and I showed a senior kid who did uh, very well. I'm super proud of her. And when it came, and I was standing ringside when it came time to name the national champions, and I was still in whites because I was helping other people show. And Emma came, exited the ring, and came over to me and said, Don, get in there. You've got to be the one to put the medals on these goats. They're Lamachas. It's your breed. I know you've waited all year for this. And I was um, surprised. I can't think of the exact word, because I wasn't prepared to do that. And I, I insisted that I couldn't, I was wearing whites and that didn't match any of the outfits we had planned. And so <laughs> finally she relented and she got to be the one to put the medals on. And I really didn't mind. I got to uh, hold the goat later on. So that was, that was my starstruck moment. And she was, Emma was so excited to be able to put the medals on the Alpine champions. That was, uh, uh, it, uh, warmed, a cold heart, I believe was what my mother said about me. <laughs> um, so let's go back to that. You said a statement that really surprised me and I have a question. So you and Emma, and those of you who don't know Emma, she's the, um, alternate youth alternate rep, correct, Don? Yes. And you guys coordinated your outfits right yes we did um that that was fun uh i am not the most fashion orientated but um in 
the Seth Blake, the youth rep from 2018 to 2019, said in his uh, farewell speech that he had made outfits to coordinate with each with the ribbon colors of each day of the national show. And everyone was so impressed by that. And I said, kind of half-jokingly, well, thanks, Seth. You set the bar real high for me now. And then it came time to plan for this national show and figure out what I was going to wear all week. And Emma said that, well, we have to live up to what Seth did. We have to coordinate our outfits now. <laughs> That's funny. And so I went and got like four or five polo shirts that had the colors of the ribbons for each breed. And I think we turned a lot of heads. It was fun to be so fancy at a goat show. Oh, that's <laughs> well, awesome. I love it. The judges try to do that too. And I still remember when my dad judged his first national show. He went through about four different shirts trying to figure out the perfect color for Obar Hosley's. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that this was a thing, you guys. This is great. It is, <laughs> it is a thing. It's a very important thing. The detail, you know, Laura, we talk about the details matter in a national show. The details yeah. matter for a judge at the national show as well. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. So I'm going to have to, this is going to be after one of those things that I'm going to look at every year. Are the youth reps dressed appropriately now? And are the judges matching? So this is great. I'm glad to know this. Whoever my predecessor is, is going to be upset with me now. They have, they have the standard to uphold. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so, so talk about working with Emma. Um, the, the role of the, um, runner up youth rep is something like, so I was a youth rep eons ago and we didn't have that. I mean, we had a runner up, but they didn't get to do anything. So that's really developed a lot over the years. And, and I can see where having two rings, you have to have two people working. So talk a little bit about working with Emma and what was that like to get to know her? Emma um, is a really a fabulous person. She is Far too kind and sweet for this world. Uh, I can't say enough good things about her. She is a wonderful partner to have. Um, and uh, there are, there are, of course, a couple of funny stories. The first one is that um, about halfway through the week, I realized, and this is something we had kind of talked about before. Um, huh. I turned to Emma and I said, huh, no one, no one has asked me if we're dating. I thought we had talked about like that was going to be something everyone was asking. And to clarify, no, we are not dating and <laughs> never did date. But um, she said, are you kidding me? Everyone has asked me that. No one asked me. Everyone just went to her. I don't oh, know if it's funny. something about my demeanor. I found that really funny. The uh, The other thing is she has... She also coordinated her outfits. It was really, like I said, it was really her idea. Um, so I appreciate her for that. And of course, she stepped in for me when I uh, when I was um, showing goats. And I also can't thank her enough for that. Um, it, it she was an excellent partner to have. So enthusiastic about everything. And I hope she's doing well right now at Oklahoma State. 
Ah, she's down there. Well, she could be with a couple of other um, Adgate youth that have been pretty excited. The Burton girls. So they're friends of mine. So I know they're down there too. So there is one more thing. Um, When the national show was canceled, I kind of said to Emma, you know, well, since you were already going to go and see me for a week, you may as well come visit Maine. That was something we had previously talked about. And uh, she, I, I mentioned how enthusiastic she was about everything. She actually took me up on it. And she went out here and uh, spent a couple of days at our farm and um, got to spend some time up here in Maine, which I love. Um, I loved. It was fun hosting her. She's an excellent guest and that was kind of something that um really it was i'm happy we did it in the absence of a national show that year it helped that is us so cool. um, yeah it was it was cool it goes back to that thing where um you know the aga youth i found are just able to connect instantly in such a way i spent over i think it was like quadruple the amount of hours with her in that one week than i'd ever spent with her before and she was like staying at our house and you know i had to cook for her which was a disaster but that's that's a story for another time (laughs) well don uh you're a senior in high school right yes what uh Yes. What's the future plans for you? What are you hoping to do with school and career? And uh, do you want to keep the goats around? Oh, that's what everyone's been asking me. Um, So right now I'm applying to all my colleges. Um, I'm really into... uh, I don't really want to stay in Maine. I kind of want to branch out and see some other parts of the country. Maybe get a bit closer to some of my other Aga youth friends. Um, my number one school right now, though, is the Naval Academy, which is obviously somewhat of a shift from uh, the current. It's very difficult to get into, and it uh, kind of offers a very straightforward career path that doesn't leave a lot of room for the goats. That being said, um, I have no plans to just abandon uh, the goats, uh, I will definitely come back to them at some point in my future. And I would eventually like to be a judge and especially an appraiser. I think that's a really cool job to have um, once I'm done with the military, if I indeed can get into it. Wow. Well, thank you for your future service to our country. That's pretty exciting. I'm hopeful. So it's, it's a long process. What about the upcoming Adga convention? Do you have you had any hand in in playing that or helping plan that for the youth program or do you know can you tell us any or let us know any of the secret sauce of what's going on there for the youth programs? Uh I can definitely say it's going to be a load of fun. Um it's the schedule the working schedule we have right now is uh looks to be super exciting. Um, and I can also say I happen to have stayed at the hotel it's being hosted at before because um, my family has gone to Arizona before and it happens to be the same hotel and um, the pool does have an excellent water slide at it. 
That is something cool. I'm looking forward to. Uh, and the like Tucson fun. area. Yes, my sister uh, has probably gone on that water slide more than anyone else in a two-day span. The uh, the the Tucson area is a really cool place to host a convention, I feel. There's a lot of stuff to do. If you don't want to do the classes, and all the classes this year look super interesting as well. So once again, I cannot recommend... Uh, going to convention enough, especially this year. So um, kids, or um, pardon me, I'm so sorry, youth that are interested in going, um, what if they feel like, boy, I don't know anybody and I'm not sure that my folks are going to be able to come and um, still encourage them to go? Yes, I definitely think uh, everyone should kind of be willing to put themselves out there. And if you're that worried about not knowing anyone, um, this is my solemn promise to be nice to everyone there, no matter how uh, shy or rude you are to me. Um, You guys have free reign to insult me however much you want, and I will be as friendly as I possibly can. The... uh, but I really feel there is no shortage of friends you can find at these conventions. Um, like I said, I've I've seen them both at the conventions, at the national shows, or even outside of there. And there, uh, it's a special group of uh, kids, humbly speaking, myself included. So if somebody decided that they would like to try to become an AGA youth rep like you, Talk a little bit about uh, what is looked for in the competition for that position and maybe any special hits you've got. Well, uh, I feel like I can't give too much away, but the, uh, you know, it still has to be a little bit scary. But the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone would be to just don't remember that it's. it's just a, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. No one is going to think lesser of you because you didn't happen to become Aggie Youth Rep. Um, what, and especially the other uh, actual piece of advice I can give you is to get your application done uh, before you arrive at convention. That's just another thing off your plate. You're going to be super busy at convention, and it's one less thing to worry about. So, what's in the application? I don't. I don't remember a whole bunch. I did it what two or three years ago now. Uh-huh. Was it three? Yeah, I did it in 2019, so two years ago. But um, I think it's readily accessible online. Uh, I remember the question that kind of stumped me the most was, what is a funny story that you have about your time showing goats? I wasn't really expecting it to be on there. and But I don't, I don't even remember what I said, but I remember I told the story to a lot of people and they laughed. So I guess it was uh, successful. <laughs> that's a good that's a good question. So after the application then, what kind of things do you do at the convention? Uh so once the paper application is done, then you have the um 
the interview and the speech and the skillathon, there is a little bit, I believe, in the criteria for based on how well you do at the skillathon. So maybe read up on your AGA guidebook a little bit before then. But uh, the main things are the interview and the speech, and I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, oh, and how nice you are to everyone else, you know. They probably don't want to pick someone who at convention is hiding in a corner the whole time. So I really made an effort to uh, put myself out there and really be nice to everyone. And uh, I think it paid off, and I definitely think it would have paid off even if I hadn't become Aga Youth Rep, because I made a lot of friends in Boise, and it was probably one of the best weekends of my life. I was so tired after the weekend that the whole next day I didn't really speak at all. We ran into everyone at the airport, and um, everyone was teasing me because I wasn't talking. I was so tired. So, uh, you will, it will be a lot of effort put forth, but it is well worth it, um, whether you win or not. Uh, and the interview, I promise it's not really that scary. Uh, remember that those people are people too. What was it that Cameron said earlier? They both, they all put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> yep. Right. Correctly. Correct. And the speech, uh, I think that's what really makes a lot of people nervous to apply. Um, but, you know, the worst thing that could happen is um, you, uh, you know, you mess up your speech. And it's not the end of the world. Everyone understands. I messed up my speech. Um, I hope Emma doesn't mind if I say that she messed up her speech in a, uh, and had ev everyone worried about uh, her because she said, uh, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember she said we should change um, something uh, to the way that it already was, which was a little bit um, nerve-wracking at the time and funny to look back on. <laughs> so really, it's just, it's not the... You know, everyone in that room is people too, and I can promise that anyone who applies will have the full support of all of Aga Youth behind them. Um, it was it was super cool to see everyone supporting each other and uh, consoling the ones who didn't get the position and congratulating Emma and I. And it was really just a blur, but I remember how. Uh, how nice everyone was being uh it's some it was really something special well that sounds awesome and don we do appreciate you coming on today and talking about your experiences here uh, do you want to leave the listeners with anything else that we might have missed on your experiences as the edgar youth rep well um let's see here uh one of the coolest things I think is the um, when you're when you show up at the national show and everyone knows who you are and that is really it sounds so vain of me but that is really one of the best parts of being the Ega youth rep and that is the main reason that I why I would recommend everyone try out for this position. 
and uh, especially and attend for a attend a convention and put yourself out there and um, just have a blast. It's not really that hard to once you get started. It's not that hard to go out there and have a ton of fun. So if you're on the fence about going, definitely you should go. I don't think you could have wrapped that up any better if if you had tried on that. That's perfect, Don. And and as Cameron said, thank you so much for being with us today. And and I hope that um, other youth have listened to what you've had to say and can think about maybe picturing themselves in the role of Advocate Youth Rep. And if that's not what they really want to do, at least that they'll consider going to the convention. So um, thank you for spending some time with us this afternoon, Don, and, and sharing us about with us about your experiences. Uh, can we expect to see you at Pennsylvania as an exhibitor then? I think I will be going. Awesome. Um, I am. I believe I'll be there. I think I'll bring a couple of goats down. Should be a That'll lot be of fun. Perfect. It'll be a great show. All right, Cameron, do you have anything else that you want to share with us this week? No, I don't think I have anything unless you know something I don't know. I don't. I think <laughs> I think that uh, this is a good good place to spot. As always, um, if you like what you hear, give us some good feedback on Apple um, iTunes or on Apple Podcast. Pardon me, or on Spotify or wherever you get your um, download your podcast to listen to. <coughs> Excuse me. If you have some recommendations or suggestions for us, uh, we always want to hear that too. So. Um, to those of you that reached out to us about shirts or other goat gab gear, we are working on that. So hopefully we'll have something. Um, I think our goal is hopefully to try to get something put together before Christmas this year. So, so, um, if you have a goat gabber in your life that, you know, is just dying to get a t-shirt or something like that, you can get, as my daughters call it, merch for our podcast. If you like, <laughs> that sounds so, awesome. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Kind of cool. So, as always, uh, everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Have a great week. Bye bye.